0: Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Prevnex. You've heard me talking about them for a few weeks now. I love their products so much. I actually take them every single day and so do my kids. I don't think I've ever felt better or had more energy every single day. And I think a lot of it has to do with taking their products. Okay. I want to tell you about the Joint Health Plus specifically today. It is proven to reduce joint pain reduce joint stiffness and improve your joint flexibility in just seven to 10 days. As runners, we all wanna have longevity in this sport. We wanna feel good for a really long time. And this product actually protects your joint cartilage from breaking down during exercise. I also take their multivitamins. We use their protein powder and my kids take their Super Bites as well. So you all can save 15% when you go to Previnex and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. Thank you Prevenix for supporting this episode of the podcast. And today you all are listening to episode 266 and I'm talking with Muhammad Ahmed. I was so excited for this interview. I've wanted to have him on the show for a while now. And when he recently ran that crazy time of 1247 at the Bowerman Track Club Inner Squad Meet, I knew I had to have him on the show. So Mo is originally from Somalia and then he moved to Canada as a kid. I think he was 10 years old. He tells us about that in the podcast episode and went on to run at the University of Wisconsin. He competed in the 2012 Olympics as a college student. And then he went on to run in the 2016 Rio Olympics placing fourth in the 5,000 meters. Just 1.5 seconds short of a bronze medal. He currently runs with the Bowerman Track Club. And when he ran that 1247, that put him as the 10th fastest 5,000 meter time in the world of all time. It's crazy. All right, friends. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you are listening. And if you enjoy this episode, make sure you reach out to Mo and let him know on social media. He is Mo, M-O-H underscore speed 23 on instagram um yeah and share the episode with whoever you think might be interested if you enjoy it all right friends enjoy my conversation with mo ahmed well today on the podcast i'm super excited to welcome mo ahmed to the show welcome to the podcast mo
1: thanks for having me good to be here
0: well you just told me you were getting off a zoom call with kids you do a coaching program what what was that
1: yeah so we've been doing uh, this virtual uh, youth camp um, like the last uh, last year was the first time we did the BTC camp and uh, I believe it was in Bend, Oregon for a week or maybe two weeks. I'm not sure how long the camp went. Um, so this year obviously we can't have everybody in a camp atmosphere on the same site. so we kind of decided to do it on a virtual, Like format, and we have like kind of like weekly um, meetings at the with every like all the pros um, that are involved are assigned to a particular group. Okay. And um, throughout the week, we have these like uh, modules kind of thing where we drop in, we do Q and A, we various different stuff. Like uh, there's a nutrition um, one, there's a PT. So there's like various different stuff. There's core. Um, so I just did a like a little Q and A with the kids, and it was good. So,
0: how yeah. many kids were there?
1: Um, I think on our like the kids that signed up for it is over like two hundred kids. Okay, and it's like some of them are in Europe, uh, oh, cool. Canada, you know, all across the United States. So it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of different kids and um and different age groups as well. So it's it's pretty cool. All of them like high school. Um, uh-huh. age group and it's it's very yeah it's very cool to see um, you know for me um, it's like I'm seeing a younger self I'm kind of seeing where I started in the sport I was kind of one of those one of those kids and inquisitive and naive in some ways and still trying to learn the the sport and kind of seeing them asking the same questions that I had mm. at a very young age is, is kind of like a it's kind of very cool for me um, and it brings me back to a younger self. So it's been it's been very very cool and uh you know we're just trying to kill time <laughs> in a lot of ways. So this is it's been a really good way of of killing time.
0: Yeah. Okay, so how old are you now?
1: Uh 29 years old. Okay, you're
0: 29. Yeah. So what was 16-year-old Mo thinking? <laughs>
1: Um how to get better. I think when I was very at that at that age group, when I was about sixteen, that's when I really started getting more serious into the sport. And I was part of a local track club and I was kind of getting into a little bit more of a serious training, a little bit of regiment. Um uh and mostly I was just trying to like I was getting I was starting to fall in love with with track and field and running. Um, and I was mostly interested in and excited about how do I get better? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I was really very naive. I mean, you, at that like you're, you don't have a lot of the knowledge and I was very, very much just like in the learning process of learning what splits are, what, um, training, uh, was like what, you know, like strength workout mm-hmm. is specific workout, like those, those sort of things. So it's a... Yeah, I think uh, at that time, I was probably maybe a year or so uh, into, into being in that regimented uh, part of the club uh, program, and I still like learning.
0: Yeah, you're getting so fast. I mean, you've been fast for a long time, but recently you're killing it. Um, can we talk about your backstory a little bit? You're from Somalia, and then you uh, moved to Canada, and now you're in Oregon. So um, can you share that journey with us a little bit?
1: yeah um i am a nomad Uh, (laughs) i you know i belong and and have lived in various different areas of the united states and um and and canada and in the world so yeah born in somalia um in 1991 um my family shortly after my birth uh my 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 mom and dad like uh, escaped somalia it was kind of uh, the tail end of the somali civil war so they went to uh, nearby Kenya, and uh, I spent the first 10 years of, of my life in Kenya, okay. and then uh, my brothers were born in Kenya, all three of them, and, I, and then I moved to Canada in uh, uh, southern Ontario, a city uh, named uh, St. Catharines, right near the Buffalo, Buffalo-New York border, and uh, yeah, that's that's where I spent the next eight years of my life, and then... I left there for the University of Wisconsin. I lived uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, and I lived there for five years and then moved from there to Portland, Oregon, and I've been here for five years now as well. So, yeah, just a nomad.
0: Why did you choose Wisconsin to go to school? Um,
1: yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I really just went through, you know, I, I, I kind of took it very, very serious, um, did the research, did... Um really went through the recruiting process and tried making the right decision. And I think I should have probably not taken it so serious, should have had a lot more fun with it um, in the process, but I'm um, I try and be a perfection I'm a, I have a perfectionist tendency, so I was like I'm getting this right in the first 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 go around. And um, Wisconsin, one of the things that, uh, drew me to Wisconsin was the history of the distance program um, you know you have you know you, you look at the record books and, the, and their history and they are five-time NCAA cross-country champ um, they've produced you know names like uh, Matt Tagenkamp but you know one of the greats of the of United States distance running Chris Alinsky one of the great uh, distance runners of, of the United States Evan Jager. Uh, another great, Mm -hmm. um, Simon Byrou, who's, you know, one of the greatest Canadian business runners as well. So you look at all that and, um, you look at the pedigree and the, and the history and the legacy and, uh, and the excellence of that, of that program. And it was, I kind of looked at the, those, that record and I said, and that history and said, I want to contribute to that. Mm. And I, I kind of, by going at that legacy and aiming uh, to contribute to that legacy, I felt like, that's how I would challenge myself. And it was a really, really difficult challenge and, and a fun challenge as well when I was there the, for my five years and some of those records I got and some of those uh, records I didn't get and, and achieve. And um, I feel like um, if I look back on the five years, I did contribute to that legacy. And uh, you know, it, it also, it's a beautiful city, Madison, Wisconsin. Um, so the beauty of the city um, you know, the academics, uh, of, of the, of the university was something else that drew me and the excellence of the athletic program. So it was a very diverse, um, uh, sets of, of, of things that drew me into that university. And, um, yeah, it wasn't that far from home too. So it was about, you know, an hour, oh. hour and a half, uh, from a flight from St. Catharines. Uh, um, so yeah.
0: Um, what did you major in?
1: Uh, political science.
0: Okay. Okay. And what was the hardest part about being an athlete, like a student athlete?
1: Ooh, I think the the hardest, uh, balance is, is just figuring out the balance of academics and athletics. What is the right approach? Mm -hmm. And, um, that first semester, I remember just getting whacked across the face and saying, oh man, like you can't get away from, you can't, you can't get away uh with the things that you did in high school this Mm. is not high school this is this is where you have to actually step up your game and um and say that um that you gotta you gotta try a little bit more It's it's a very competitive uh place um and even you know athletically like i workouts that were easier more natural to me um were really hard and you know you can have guys that are a year two three four years older than you in the same uh same training group uh in the same team and it's challenging you know what i'm saying that was challenging so it's, it's all about i think figuring out that 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 delicate balance of um what to do in each of them how do you um adjust what adjustments do you need to make and i felt like you know one of my uh skills that, that i have uh, as an individual is Uh, being able to adjust, you know, and like, I think it probably is, you know, a product of my nomadic way of living and nomadic uh, life that I've, that I've lived, uh, that I've lived so far.
0: Yeah. So So what made you decide Bowerman?
1: Um, Yeah, I think one of the things that, you know, drew me into Bowerman Track Club um, was, I think the, the connection of Jerry to University of Wisconsin. So I think the fact that there's a badger, there's that connection mm-hmm. that we forged and bond that we forged. And um, so, you know, he was always kind of keeping an eye on me, I think, with all the things that I was I was doing while at University of Wisconsin. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that drew me into it and say, okay, I'm willing to, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this program is, you know, the family atmosphere, mm. you know, um, and truly... You know, it. What I saw when I was outside of the bubble <laughs> is exactly what it is. You know, they're in the bubble, and um, it's 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 a family atmosphere. It's it's um it's a lot of hard work. It's it's uh, going. It's yeah, we're going after a lot of like hard and high uh, goals. But I think doing it in a family. Um, environment and a, and, a, and a family like attitude of a we're, we're in this together really makes it easier. And I think, yeah, the family atmosphere. And I think, um, you know, also, another reason is, um, you know, I was I wanted to, like, learn from the best. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really trying to, like, shy away from going at people that were talented and um, well accomplished than me. And I I was, I was intrigued by it because when I was at Wisconsin, I had a lot of success, but I didn't win an NCAA title. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, like I kind of felt like I should have accomplished a little bit more at Wisconsin, mm-hmm. um, even though I wasn't really a slouch. I mean, in many ways, like the times that I ran were pretty quick and competitive and I was always there. But for some reason, I just didn't accomplish some of the things that I wanted, which was like. No, number one being like winning an NCAA title. Yeah, uh, individual NCAA title. And um, I was like, man, I want to give this running thing a go. And I'm gonna, you know, try and figure out, you know, what I'm doing wrong from these incredible individuals, you know, guys who were beating me in college that were running faster than me that are running faster than me as, as faster in, in, in the professional setting you know, names like Chris Derrick and, Mm -hmm. you know, Jerma Fernandez, Elliot Heath, Ryan Hill, all those individuals. And um, I really wanted to see what I could do um, with those guys and really um, try and uh, better myself. And I was very much uh, about trying to get better and really give running uh, a real go, where it's 100% dedication and living the life and seeing how fast I can run. So, yeah,
0: did since you never won an NCAA title, did that make you anxious that you wouldn't be able to get a professional contract?
1: Yeah, definitely did. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was one of those. It was really interesting because, you know, I made the Olympic team. Yeah. I ran, you know, uh, as a junior. Um, I, you know, I ran twenty seven thirty four for ten thousand meters. I ran thirteen 18. I was at the world. I ran the world championships in 2013, uh, finishing top 10, uh, mixing, you know, mixing it up and rubbing elbows with guys like Mo Farah and mm-hmm. a lot of the Kenyans. And it was it was one of those things where I I showed like you know potential, and I I wasn't a slouch, you know what I'm saying, in, in many ways. But for whatever reason, I just didn't do it or accomplish much at the NCAA's. I don't know what that was it could have just been anxious and trying to like live up to the pressure um um also could have just been i don't know like uh, not figuring out that that right balance of uh academics and athletics i think sometimes i was a little too serious and too uh enamored with just like you know learning and mm-hmm. and being in that milieu of uh education and and and, and ideas um so i was, might have not been as focused as i needed to be to the athletics um, but yeah, I, I, you know, like you get to the conclusion of your NCAA to my NCAA and you wonder, man, like, is there an opportunity for me? And, um, I even actually even thought about like walking away from the sport at the end uh, of that. Cause I was like, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for me to pursue uh, professional um and it was almost like a last minute thing where like Jerry came up to me and said hey are you still interested and um when that opportunity came it was kind of hard to pass up um and I pretty much just said all right like just go out there for one year then. and if you like it um great if you don't you can just you know go do whatever the hell you want um <laughs> outside of running and you know, at that point, like I've been to the Olympics, I was at the world Championships, So I kind of got to certain levels that I Mm -hmm. aspired to. And the only thing that was missing was how fast I run what potential the unfulfilled potential um, that I um, that I didn't potentially maybe show in in college. So that was Yeah, uh, main driving force was the unfulfilled potential, and and try and see how fast I can run. And if I can, get medals and, and, and rise up to the to the top of the world so or in that rank.
0: So did Jerry show up at Attract track meet or did he, like, email you?
1: Uh, he just called me. Oh, he called you. Okay. Yeah. What was funny was, um, so at the World Championships in 2013, um, U.S. us and the Canada team were staying at the same hotel. And so I do my 10K, I finish ninth, and randomly I run into him in the mm. elevator in passing. And, um, so I had one more year left still. So I graduated, uh, that was, you know, that was, uh, 2013 summer and I had another year of eligibility left. So I was going back for that in Wisconsin and he's like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you, you know, when you finish your, uh, the conclusion of your, mm-hmm. of your NCAA eligibility. And I did not hear from him at all, like okay. the whole season, um, like I was kind of and then like I finished NCAAs I didn't really particularly have a great NCAA meet like I was like third was the highest finish that I had Uh and he calls me like he's like hey Mo it's Jerry (laughs) Schumacher and I was like whoa (laughs) so um, yeah we had a good conversation and I think yeah I don't know like just his tone and his um, yeah like just it just kind of like felt very welcoming um, and felt like he really was passionate about the sport. So, uh, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of comfortable with this individual. So yeah, it was very, very, very nice, uh, talking to him and him showing interest in me, you know, because he's a guy who accomplished so much, you know, mm-hmm. you, I, I mean, I went to university of Wisconsin and you know, his name was all over the record books as a coach and as a, as an individual, as a, as a runner as well. So he ran at the university of Wisconsin. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There was a, uh, a bond there that kind of like drew me in and his tone and the way that he spoke to me was very much welcoming. So, yeah.
0: Okay. So you mentioned that you wanted to go with this team and learn from like the best of the best, these guys that you mentioned, what have you learned from them?
1: And I, I were, I felt like I learned so much. Uh, I, I, you know, I learned like, uh, how to be even more dedicated, how to, how to, you know, show up every single day to practice, how to like uh, mentally stay with it. Um, yeah. How to be meticulous, mm. you know, like.
0: How do you be you meticulous? Know? What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. Like, you know, it's really interesting. Like, I, I mean, I was, I, I would say like when I joined the group, like I was highly motivated, mm-hmm. like highly, highly motivated. And, you know, it was one of those things, like like I said earlier, of not fulfilling some of the goals that I want, that I set out to um, uh, accomplish uh, in the NCAA. So I was like, "Dang it, this is all or nothing." Like I had that kind of attitude. So I think the energy that I brought was one of like, "It's now or never," you know, like you gotta you gotta go all in. Um, and you come into the environment and everybody is kind of, everybody is like that, Mm -hmm. you know? So you look at the way, the process that all these certain every like different individuals go about accomplishing that, you know? Everybody's dedicated, everybody's passionate, but the process uh, of doing doing that work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my first year, like Evan Jaeger, like Evan Jaeger was like, the one guy that I looked at and I like, I mean, that's, that, that was probably one of he. that's one of his best years of running. Mm -hmm. You know, he was on fire that year and you can just look at the way that he did the work, how meticulous and how he thought about not even just the running, but like even in the gym, Mm -hmm. you know, like just the way he's doing a, a particular exercise and he's deliberate and he is like, he's thinking about it. And, you know, if there's a, crookedness in, in the way that his body, one of his muscles is firing, like his ability to um, realize that and and, and adjust and, and do, the, do the exercise properly. So I really saw that and I was like, oh man, there's like, yeah, you can be passionate about it, you can have this fire uh, inside you and you can go at these workouts like this, but you also have to channel that energy properly and you know, in some ways, like calm it and tame it, and do things slowly as well. So mm. I learned that from from Evan. Um, you know, you look at like Shalane Flanagan. You know, she was around like you know the first all the five years, and like you look at the the fire that she has. You know, like her, she is she's that individual that she comes to the like practice and. She's just gonna crush every single workout, kind of thing. So you really see, I I I grab that a little bit from her, Um, and just her ability to grind and dedicate. And because she she was a uh, marathoner, so Mm. the 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 the, she wasn't doing the similar like the same workout as us. So it's like you know she's doing three hour long runs and how she approaches that. Um, You know how she's just like okay, like one week, two weeks, three weeks, just putting the miles back to back to back to back. Um, Yeah. Like every, you know, like everybody has a little way of like, like for example, like Ryan Hill, like was, was the guy that kind of like, he was on my first year. um, I, I spent like training with him the most time. Right. So because he was, he made the world team in the 5,000 meters. I made the world team in the 5,000 meters. So I did, he was like my main training partner and like I spent so much time with him and there's a he's a he's one of the funniest guys on the team like he's hilarious he's I tell you he, sh- he should be a comedian like <laughs> ability but like you know like the humor that he you know that he has doing the work you know mm-hmm. so there's that aspect too. so yeah you can be serious you can be passionate you can have the fire you can be meticulous you can have be passionate and come to the workouts and try and crush these workouts. Um, And there's also you got to you got to have humor as well. So uh, Ryan Hill, I feel like that's one of the things that I learned from him is the humor and levity and, you know, how to not take yourself too serious.
0: What do you think the young guys are saying about you now? Because like you're talking about them, you know, like (laughs) what you learn from them, like what I wonder what feelings they have about, oh, Mo's like this, you know
1: man i don't know you'll have to, <laughs> have to ask them, them. <laughs> yeah in it, it all honesty it's funny i'm I'm sure you know they'll say like they learned uh some some things um and it's probably a lot of those little things that i've learned from my teammates and uh-huh. try and pass on to them um but i'm learning a lot from them as well mm-hmm. you know um when you've been in the sport and in the group and in the same city for three four or five years you know you can get trapped within your little zone and Uh, Regiment and and schedule routine. Um, And when somebody comes in like a, a, you know, a fresh college kid, and you know, his PB is like 30 seconds slower than yours. And, um, you know, there's going to be a bit of anxiety, a bit of nervousness, a bit of trying to fit into the group that they bring. And what's really interesting, I is I love that energy. Like, I love it. Like, I'm like, man, like it, it reminds me of myself a little bit. So it kind of brings me it grounds me a little bit more. And that energy, that that fire, like it, it just kind of adds to a fresh, it's like a you know, a fresh new sense of of, of, of of or way of doing the work. And um, it's been really, really fun. like like this year, um, uh, especially during quarantine, it's been a very different year. Um, so we have to kind of be separated a bit. Um, so this year, like me, Lopez, and Grant Fisher were assigned to the same uh, group during quarantine. Okay? So it was just three of us. Uh, and we were like meeting at this track like thirty minutes away. And you know, Jerry just thought, like, you know, I think like just kind of he's he, like Grant has similar abilities and he's young. And I think he thought, We could like you know he could benefit from us a lot, but I felt like we benefited Mm. a lot from him too because it was just the energy that he was that he was bringing, and it was so there was something so rewarding about seeing you know this wide-eyed kid who is nervous (laughs) to be working with us, Uh um, but also competitive enough and say, "All right, I'll show you too." You know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. when you. Cut him off or squeeze on him. He's like, okay, I won't. I won't let go. And it was, it, it was, man, I'm proud of that kid because, you know, where he was at, like, in in those like in those workouts, at the first workout of quarantine, to the three months later, man, I'm like, I just see the growth, and you're like, man, like I I, tr- I helped. I tried. Yeah. I I tried. I was part of that process. So yeah. there was something really really rewarding about that, and it's been I, like I said, like I benefited. Uh, from him as much as he's probably benefited from me. So it's been very, very much, uh, you know, a great experience.
0: That's so cool. That's so, you, the three of you, like you've got the young guy, the middle, middle of the road guy, and then you've got old man Lopez out there.
1: <laughs> I yeah. just interviewed
0: him last week.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I read somewhere that he called himself the grandpa of the team or something. So that's why I said that. I felt like if oh, he said that about himself. I can say that. Yes, um sir. Yeah. yeah that's so exciting you'll have to tell me what did grant do at those races the recent races that you guys just did because i want to talk about your race but what did he do
1: so he started out with the five thousand meters okay so for the first uh intra squad uh bowerman intra squad meet and me and lopez rabbited them and okay. he finished second ran 13 11 pb by i don't know 20 seconds or something like that wow so, yeah, so he, he did that, and, um, you know, I was very, very proud of him with that. And then he came back and rabbited me and Lopez uh, for, the, for the next next race. And, uh, man, like, he was – I mean, I think every single guy, uh, all, the, all the rabbits, you know, we had uh, Ryan Hill uh, start us off at uh, 62 pace. And he dialed it, like, really nicely, nailed it for 2K. And then um, Grant took, took us for the next K, uh, K and a half or something like that. And he started cranking 61s. Mm. And, like, I tell you, really, it was really, really interesting because, you know, like I said, like, he was working with us, me and Lopez, um, during quarantine. And, you know, you see this guy just take the lead, And crank 61, 61, 61. And I had the biggest smile on my face when I was hearing him just cranking that thing. I'm like, and it gave me, it put the pressure on me in a good way as well um, to not let him, you know, like not let that work go to waste. I'm like, man, the young gun is doing that for you. And I was like, man, like I'm gonna go out there and break this, you know, uh, get this huge PB. And I mean, I felt like that night he was like a star, like he was he showed, you know, the ability that he has and how much of how how much of a threat and danger he is Mm. to, you know, in the next few uh, coming years. And, you know, Evan was was in that rabbiting us as well. And Sean and every single one of those guys did their job. Um, So yeah, it was all about teamwork right there. So yeah.
0: So, you guys rabbited their race first. How many laps did you run? Because you, I mean, you don't want to get worn out for your race, right? So, how long did you do? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, me and Lopez uh, raced uh, very kind of workout ish, 1,500 meters. So, we ran 339. Okay. 339. And then we came back and took them to 4K. Okay. Uh, So, at 60, I felt like I was kind of a little disappointed. In myself personally, because you know you see those guys around 13-11 and close really beautifully, and you know Jerry set the the cap on the on the splits, mm. um, and I think we we were pretty much right on the splits that he asked for. Um, but you see those guys being so close to like sub, you know that that thirteen uh-huh, o, you know like uh-huh. sub thirteen ten. Barrier and I I kind of look back on 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 it. I'm like my rabbiting job and say dang it Did you like should you have like kind of pushed it a little bit more and give them, you know, some 63 seconds? um, During when you were on uh, Rabbiting and you know, that's kind of a regret that I have Um, but I'm they're really happy with the performances that they had and I tell you like you know all those guys are capable of sub 13 and I'm, I'm really looking forward to when they can, can get that opportunity. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So did you, you ran 12.47.20. Did you know that, I mean, that's an 11 second PR. So did you know that you were ready for that? Did you surprise yourself?
1: Yeah. I think it's always a surprise once you do it, you yeah. know, um, like you, you, you can, you can dream about it. You can hope for it. You can intend to try and run that fast. But doing it is another thing. It takes, yeah, doing the work to, to, to get there, but also the mental fortitude and courage to stick with it and to commit to that goal. Um, so um, I think it's surprising. And once you've accomplished all those things, um, the body holding up with the work, mentally being strong and having the courage to do it, um, um, but I would say, you know, based on the workouts that we were doing, uh, that was possible. Um, I think it was all about figuring out the rest, the mental aspect of it, the race coming together, um, the the you know the race scenario, the splits being perfectly nice and even, and really having the courage, like I said, to to uh, to, to deliver it. So yeah
0: hey everybody i want to take a quick break here and thank a sponsor for this episode and that is curex curex insoles will help you feel better while you run i am the kind of person who needs a little bit of extra support while i run i have really high arches and the curex insoles really help my feet with providing support that i truly need when i run all right so the really cool thing about curex is these Orthotics are actually custom, so they don't just have one orthotic. There are all kinds of different types depending on what your foot profile actually is. So you fill out your own profile. You fill out if you have a medium, high, flat arch, and they will send you the insole that is just right for your foot. They are thin, low profile, but still deliver maximum support and comfort. They offer a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. And you all can save 15% off your order when you go to curex.us and use the code IHA15 at checkout. That's curex.us, use the code IHA15 at checkout for 15% off your order. All right, friends, if you're looking for more episodes from me, I do have a Patreon page where I put out bonus episodes Today, you'll hear an episode over there that I'm just dropping today with Lauren Flores, the host of the Up and Running podcast. We do a catch-up episode every single month, and we had a lot of fun this week on that episode. Last week, there was also bonus content from Lopez Lamang, where he talked about the Breaking Two project, and we also have monthly episodes with my husband, Glenn, over there. And that's just a way you can support this podcast for as little as $3 or $5 a month. All right friends, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Mo Ahmed. Yeah, so you're now you're only 10 seconds off the world record. I mean, does that feel like something that is attainable? Like you want to do you want to go for that?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I would love to go for it if, you know, if my body um is cooperates with me and i keep you know staying healthy uh you know i'm always I, i'm always the one person that's in rush to get to the next big mm-hmm. thing i can accompl- I, comp- I accomplish one thing and i'm like okay what's the next big thing um and you know i'm i've also been trying to like work on like enjoying you yeah. know what i'm saying that my accomplishments but I'm, I'm i'm kind of one of those people that's like okay like you know you you ran this, you know, how much fast can you do? So I'm already like, uh, motivated in those ways. And, um, you know, I look at guy, the guy that holds that record, uh, Kerenice Bukele, and he's one of the reasons why I got into the sport. Oh, really? Yeah, I watched him in, you know, 2004 Olympics, um, and then followed him the years after. And, you know, it was about, 2005, 2006, that I started getting into the sport a little bit more and showed ability and shined and I uh, was getting a little bit more serious about the sport. Um, so I followed him. He was the main guy. So you have to when you tune tune in for the World Championships and the Olympics, he was the guy who's dominating for close to a decade.
0: What? what uh, where is he from? Uh, Ethiopia. Okay.
1: Ethiopia. Okay. Yeah. So um, I followed a lot of his races, and his races are some of the those races that I still look back and rewatch, watch And, mm. um, you know, for me, like, he's the greatest distance runner of all time, like, without a doubt. And uh, when I was being inspired by him, by his accomplishments, his winning, the way that he was winning those races, uh, the way, the times that he was running, um, and I was like, I want to be like that. I want to do something like that. That's cool. Um, I wasn't only saying it to, like, from a perspective of, I want to try and get the uh, get those medals, uh, but it was also about those times as well. Mm. So um, when you get, <laughs> you, you say that in a very naive way, you're young, you're still, you don't know what, what training is, what these splits are, um, um, you, you, like how much work that takes. You don't realize it when you say that. Um, and once you get into the sport and realize how hard it is, Um, yeah, you second guess yourself, you doubt yourself, but you know, to be that close, um, I've always, I felt like I've always never like stopped dreaming Mm -hmm. and, uh, reaching for those goals. And, uh, yeah, so I've, I've always dreamt about running those times and to be very close. Um, I'm like, why not give it an attempt? I have to at least try, you know what I'm saying? I think, uh, he would, uh, you know, the reason why he ran that quick is to, to inspire people and mm-hmm. to uh, um, challenge uh, other humans and other individuals um, to go at that, you know what I'm saying, and try and see what limits, what, what are the limits that a human being can go. So right now, that is the limit, that is the height. Mm-hmm. And um, I, want, I want to go for it. I want to tr- try and uh, see if I can get near there. And if I do, incredible I'll be over the moon. And if I don't, I gave it an incredible challenge and an attempt. So that's what I want to do.
0: Wow. Yeah, I, it's funny. I always ask, like, when someone achieves a big goal and then I'm like, well, do you want to do this next? And it's like, wait, let them sit in this. Let them enjoy their wow. moment. Um, yeah. But it's it's interesting that quarantine in this weird spring seems to have, like, lit a fire in you guys, um, you know, the women running the American record um, and Carissa too, you know, Chris and Shelby. How do you get so motivated when there's really nothing on the line, but, you know, grabbing that PR or that Canadian record?
1: Yeah, it's about adjusting, I think. And I think um, we are fortunate enough to have like a really good coaching staff, individuals that are going to push us and not let us settle down and, um, not do the work. Um, so we have those individuals and, um, I felt like, uh, Jerry and Pascal and Shalane, they did the right thing. Um, you know, for us to chase these times when quarantine happened, but things that they, they didn't back off the training, they pushed us, they allowed us to be competitive, uh, in practice and, um, and everything. So, um, I think I think we were already so motivated, so looking forward to the Olympics, and once it got canceled, yeah, everybody had a moment of, oh, mm-hmm. like you know, like uh, this sucks. But you have to adjust, you have to readjust, you have to say, okay, like how do I make the best uh, use of this time? And um, yeah, like there was many things that were not ideal about about quarantine training. Uh, the lack of, you know, the the facilities mm-hmm. uh, that we're used to uh, using not being open, um, n- not having access to gyms, um, just being at home and trying to like come up with uh, interesting ways to get get the get the work. Um, being in a different track, um, um, yeah, like dealing with an immense amount of uncertainty. Um, but I don't know, like for me, what I tried was using that energy in a in a in a positive way don't be so down on yourself i mean i took a moment i Mm -hmm. i was down for a week or so um but i just kind of said okay like you got to try and uh, get built your spirits up in the workouts and the workouts were really challenging so you actually kind of had to not like you have to really get out for these workouts and um yeah they were really really challenging i i really commend the coaching staff Mm -hmm. for uh, really pushing us and, 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 challenging us and like creating, uh, space to engage. So, yeah.
0: Do you feel like you're just going to be unleashed <laughs> when real races happen?
1: Um, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I, I mean, I intend to be unleashed. I mean, um, I think in many ways we're already unleashed. Uh-huh. Um, but, You know, the races that we've been doing is in a very friendly, in a very controlled setting. Uh So when people, you know, question the performances that we've run, I'm like, that's fine. That's fair. Mm. Um, It's not it's yeah, it's competitive, but it's in a competitive in a different way. It's competitive internally. Uh, I feel um, like
0: that would be harder to like run fast.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, but you (laughs) tell me yeah i mean i think i think you know in a what made it so difficult was you build it up you hype it up you put it out there Mm. you declare the intentions and um everybody is already in a vacuum of of, like there's a sports vacuum so Mm -hmm. um lack of sports and Mm -hmm. anything that shows up people are going to devour it and really be keen on it and pay attention to it so you're like uh oh like yeah there's that pressure like uh, sure. oh, can, can we deliver this yeah right? there's nothing uh, to
0: watch everybody's watching you <laughs> yes
1: yeah, so that I think that was that pressure okay um, but I I tell you like you know for me like I was I've been dreaming about those type of times mm. for a long long time I was uh, uh tried to and aspiring for those times in 2015 2016. Um, and I, I worked my way up. I went through the various different developmental stages over the last four or five years, the growing pains, um, to put myself in this position. So, uh, when I have no problem at this point, I feel like I'm confident enough to, uh, put it out there. My, my goals declare my intentions publicly. Um, I had, you know, I feel like I've, uh, weathered the storm and the pressure of not being good. And I feel like that's probably the most difficult. And now that I've gotten to these levels of success, um, the pressure shouldn't, shouldn't be that big of a deal. Like I've, like, I've, I've overcome the hardest part, you know, is get it to this level. Mm-hmm. And sure, there's, it's a different type of pressure. It's a different, there's more expectations. But I, I always look at it and say the greatest, you know, pressure and the greatest motivator should be the internal one. Um, you shouldn't be trying to like, you know, please anybody, um, trying to like, you know, run for other people. You got to run for yourself and I'm really comfortable and content with that. And, um, my goals and, um, my, you know, the, like I said, like earlier on, the unfulfilled potential is what's my greatest motivating drive. Um, so that's really what I'm, what I'm after and, Yeah, it it is. Yeah, it is. It it is. There is a pressure, but I think I was in a very very comfortable space, and um, so yeah.
0: I love that. That's so good. Okay, so you're a two time Olympian. Uh, you mentioned 2012. You you competed in while you were in college, and then 2016, fourth place in the 5000 meters. Wow. So let's state the obvious your intentions are to go to Tokyo, obviously. And I'm assuming go for a medal in the 5k. Is that the, is that your preferred? Obviously you just ran that 1247. Is that your golden race?
1: Um, I think, I think I have opportunity in two events, I think in the 5,000 meters and 10,000 meters. Um, yeah. Like I, I felt like over the last five years I've, I've shown, um, ability and a little bit more success in the 5,000 meters Mm -hmm. but I felt like you know an event and that that kind of gets underlooked is my 10,000 meters you know like I've run 27.02 I've run you know uh uh, 26.59 I've uh, I've done some really good doubles Mm. at at the Olympics and uh not at the Olympics actually Olympics I sucked in 10,000 meters um (laughs) you know but at the world, both world championships the last two world championships I I felt like I had a really a very good respectable double yeah uh uh, 2017 I was sixth in the 5,000 meters and then eighth in the 10,000 meters okay um and then on the last edition 2019 I was uh third in the five and sixth in the 10,000 meters and and I ran 26.59 and that didn't get me a medal somehow.
0: That's an intense Uh double. I mean, those are two big races.
1: Yeah. 20, whatever K of work, uh, you know? So yeah, I feel like my intentions are, you know, to, I have no problem saying, um, I'm confident enough to say that I want to go for a medal. I want to go for the gold medal. Like I, I really do. Like, like I said, Mm -hmm. at this point, like it's, it's, it's now or never I'm 29 years old um you you have to put the pressure on yourself in many ways um and I, I like i have those aspirations and i have those goals and i'm doing all the little necessary things to um put the pressure on myself but also do it in a um in a in a more relaxed way as well you know what i'm saying like working on you know the mental aspect of it not putting not stressing about things um, you know, working on the balance of putting enough pressure, but not so much mm-hmm. pressure on yourself as well, you know? So, um, you know, the, the aspect of, yeah, this matters, but it also doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know, the balance that I try and straddle, uh, cause yeah, like you, yeah, it's, you, you have to be serious, but you don't, you, you don't want to be too serious as well. So I'm looking, I'm working on all the little skills that I can. So, yeah.
0: What was that like racing the 15, though, in that Tuesday race? Because you're clearly, like we talked about, a five and a 10k guy. Was that so hard? And you you ran fast, the fifth fastest Canadian time in in the 15.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, to I don't get too many opportunities to run a 1500 meters at my fittest and at my sharpest. Mm. Um, so that was probably this was probably the first time. Um, that I've had that opportunity to run a fast paced a good pace, 1,500 meters when I'm at my fittest and when I'm at my uh, sharpest. Mm-hmm. So and confident too, you know. That's coming off of uh, a super fast uh, 5K. Um, so you get more confident off of that. You're still, I'm still riding the high of that of that 5000 meters. So um, it was fun. I mean, it was kind of hard because. <laughs> It's a it's an uncomfortable uh, event. Uh-huh. It, it's virtual, uh, virtually a sprint for distance runners, five k and ten thousand meter uh-huh. specialists. So it was hard, um, but it was it was fun. It was just kind of like trying to get a good PB. Uh, for a long time, I've been trying to get that opportunity to run a fast fifteen, a good a good pace uh, a fifteen, and um, there was a bit more pressure I felt like in that one because. Huh. Um, I think the pressure from the outside was that oh yeah like for a long time how is Mo's PB three uh, forty? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a you know thirteen old guy you know sub sub thirteen guy and his fifteen hundred meter PB is three forty. How can that be? That does not equate. Uh, so you said tell was me like, what I, you
0: ran. What did what was your time for the fifteen? Uh, three
1: thirty four. Okay. Yeah, three thirty four. Um, and it was. Yeah, it was like, you know, the pressure from the outside was that and then it was the internal ones like, okay, I am capable of this and I got to deliver this. Mm-hmm. So I think the Yeah, the pressure was a little bit higher there. And um, to do it, I felt like I did it really, really good way. I read the race really well. I made the right moves. I tried relaxing where I needed to as hard as it is to relax in a 15. because sure. you are riding the edge. Uh, um, actually, I'm riding beyond the edge because it's, it's, a uh, it's paces that I'm not there. Uh, most of the time, uh-huh. um, being a 5,000 minute, 10,000 minute specialist. And, uh, it was, yeah, I tried like working on that and it was good. It was good to deliver it.
0: So I guess the question I have, and I'm sure other people are run- wondering, are you guys going to do another interest squad where you chase after a 10 K time?
1: Um, I don't know yet. Um, I really haven't, I've been really, you know, Jerry is very, um, you know, he gives you space to Mm -hmm. kind of like deliberate, like um, kind of deliberately, like kind of uh, um, think on your own and try and like, you know, forge what you really want. And he doesn't really want to put too too much pressure on people. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he's not, he's not trying to like, it's, So I've been, you know, over the last little bit thinking about what I want to do, and um, we really haven't. We've, we've, we have like another race coming up. We have a race coming up this Friday, um, and that one is a little bit more fun. One. Okay. Uh, um, What are you guys doing?
0: Some relays or what?
1: Some relays, yeah. Some kind of fun, yeah. You guys are gonna have to tune in. We will. We have. Yeah, it'll it'll be like a little bit more relay stuff and. Uh, a lot of people seem to have a lot of fun with the last race, uh-huh. uh, last meet with with us doing the four by fours, uh-huh. and uh, so it might be a little bit of four by fours, maybe some fifty, like a longer ish uh, relays, uh, okay. four by eights, uh, something like that. And then we have another race after that, and I don't know what we're gonna do there. So it's it's you know, with Jerry, it's all about not overthinking things and trying to take it one day at a time and, um, just kind of, you know, think, think for yourself what you want and what goals you want. Um, so we really haven't, uh, determined what exactly we're going to go after for that last race yet. So,
0: I mean, surely you're not ready to go after a 1247 again, or are you,
1: (laughs) No, I think I think the 5000 meters is is down for, for this checked year. You check that box
0: this year. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I yeah, I'm I'm very happy about that and so, so awesome. that's checked. Um and it's just like other races, you know. Yeah. Could, it uh-huh. could, it be, uh, could it be a 3K? Could be could be a 10K. 10K. Uh-huh.
0: We want the 10K. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I do too in 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 some ways. Uh try and see like how fast I can run a 10K cuz I haven't had the opportunity to run a 10k fresh yet Uh Uh Uh, like both of my like 10,000 meter pbs have been after well I guess in 2017 I ran the 10,000 meters fresh Mm. but I think I'm still inexperienced I'm still working through some kinks of some growth growing pains Um, but you know I haven't had run a nice pace it's championship i run them in a championship Mm -hmm. style and it's always somewhat tactical, mm-hmm. and uh the paces are very um, very sporadic uh in a championship environment, so I haven't had a a, a set up fast paced uh ten thousand meters yet, so I'm really definitely looking forward to that and um we'll see hopefully it's this year if not, hopefully it will definitely be next year, so yeah.
0: that's awesome, okay um well, let's wrap up with some end of the podcast questions. Um, I'm so excited for you. And I know everybody was super pumped to see you come through. I mean, 1247 is just so fast. And that's so exciting to see, like like you were talking about the potential, the untapped potential still that's, that's there. Um, so it's really exciting to see what you're going to do in the coming year. What is one thing professionally or personally that you would like to do that you have not done yet?
1: Um, I think, you know, growth is something that I'm always looking at. Um, you know, yeah, you try and grow uh, on the field and on the track um, by going after um, higher goals every single year. Um, and, you know, personally, you you know, off the, off the track, you also want to grow. Um, um, so I feel like I'm always looking to challenge myself, um, to get out of my comfort zone in, in many ways. And, um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking, looking for that. And, um, it's about just kind of having different types of experiences, um, exposing myself to different types of literature, um, and trying to challenge myself in many ways. So I, I do want to, I, I'm always looking to challenge myself. Um, so yeah, growth is, is always one. Yeah. Important. It's very, very important for me.
0: What, what kind of books do you like to read? Cause you mentioned literature.
1: Yeah. I, I like various different kinds. Um, I'm not, I'm not particular in one way. Um, definitely history. I like you know, a little bit of history autobiographies. Autobi- autobi- autobiographies. Um, self-help books are, are always fine. Um, to, what's your for-
0: favorite self-help book?
1: so currently I'm reading uh seven habits of successful individuals what what is what is I forget who even wrote that I can't uh, think of it yeah but like yeah seven something like that it's like one of I've been meaning to read that one for a long long time and I've listened to like a bunch of like lectures mm-hmm. on individuals highlighting the the seven habits of su- highly successful individuals mm-hmm. that's what it is yeah, seven habits of highly uh, successful individuals. I want to look uh, it up. Book, yeah, really, really good book. Um, yeah, and then another book that I'm reading is How to Read a Book. Actually, really. Oh, yeah. It's
0: What's it? To... <laughs> I mean, is that what it's about?
1: Yeah, it's it's actually like learning how to read a book, like contextualize it in a in a in a way. So huh. that's another book that I've for a long time like. For a number of years, a lot of individuals are like, "You should read this. You should, re-, you know, read it." Read. I've heard it from various individuals that I ran into, and like, I'm finally, I'm like, okay, I wanna, I wanna do, I wanna read this. So both of them, I'm reading at the same time. Uh huh. So yeah, it's those two. So how yeah.
0: to read a book?
1: How to read a book? Yeah.
0: What? Yeah. It, what's one thing you've learned from that so far, or did you just start?
1: I just started it. Yeah, okay. I literally just got that one. Yeah, You have even, to come back to yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't opened it yet. I started the 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 other book. Uh huh. Um, but I haven't gotten to that one yet. Okay. So,
0: yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I read a book, and then I get three pages forward, and I'm like, "Did you even like soak any of that in?
1: <laughs> you know, if
0: it's not like just a beach treat or whatever, if it's like a book where I'm trying to learn something." And then yeah. I have to go back and read to like make sure and underline and yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. One one helpful thing on books like that, like books where you're trying to learn is now, you know, they have podcasts that kind of break yes. chapters down. Um, yeah. One of the books I recently read, Be the Bridge, I also listened to the podcast, a podcast about it that like broke down each chapter because then it helped me understand more where the author was coming from.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm on audiobooks too, uh, currently listening to um, Why We Sleep. Mm. Um, it's really good. Um, yeah, in some ways, like, it kind of makes you, like, <laughs> like overthink. Like, am I doing enough sleep? <laughs> and, like, you don't want to stress about it. Like, uh, you try and, like, get 10 hours, and you're like, oh, that's the right amount for me. It's like, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just, like, very, like, good uh, information for an athlete so i that's what i kind of been looking at and it's really good i would encourage like any athlete any individual actually to 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 pick up that one too so why we yeah, sleep like, okay why yeah why yeah why we sleep or something like that let's yeah i think that's what it is i mean i'm forgetting all these titles <laughs> i i apologize here
0: listen all you new moms and dads out there, don't listen to that one because you aren't going to sleep for a couple years. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> absolutely true. Yeah. It's like, why we sleep, it's called. Why yeah, we I'm sleep. Like, yeah. Okay. I like the of sleep and dreams. So Love Matthew Walker. Yeah. So.
0: Okay. We'll put that in the show notes. Okay. Um, three more questions. What's an accomplishment you're most proud of?
1: An accomplishment that I'm most proud of? Um... Can I say three, maybe?
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, one of my favorite experiences was being part of the, um, the NCAA uh, national championship team uh, okay. with Wisconsin in 2011. Um, that journey was something that I'll never forget. Um, so that's like, it's one. And it's, it's mainly because of the individuals that I that did it with, the journey, what we went through that season um and it's the fact that you're sharing it with individuals and then the next one is yeah definitely my my world championship bronze like mm-hmm. that's something that I've for a long long time was like chasing after and it was it became like a mental uh mental thing for me uh, a block almost and um uh, it took a lot of mental strength and um f- uh, f- courage to like Deliver that and um, it almost like once I accomplished that it almost like unlocked uh, a new um, like new uh, new limits for myself and um, so I'm definitely always appreciative of that Um, and then Definitely the 1247 Mm I think like yeah, like I mean that is not an easy thing It's something that you dream about it's something that you chase after it's something that you work really hard um, at um, for, and, you know, there's always going to be doubts. There's always going to be doubts, internal doubts, uh, external doubts. And, um, for me to have overcome that and to deliver a, a performance like that is, is always going to be, um, um, something I'm, pr- I'm going to be proud of. So, yeah.
0: I have the bronze in, um, the world championships in 2019 in my notes. And I, I don't know why we didn't bring it up, but yeah, that's huge. I should have brought that up in the podcast.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Um,
0: okay. You can have coffee to your cocktail with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring. Anybody, who would it be?
1: Um, like a sit down, lunch kind of thing. Um it would have to be probably coffee. Um I don't drink any other um beverages really. Um let's see. I really, you know, individuals that I've really looked up to in my life have been, you know, Maya Angelou. Um, I really like her. Um, Malcolm X. I really like like him. Um, you know, my grandma was like somebody that um, I, I didn't get the opportunity and the chance to grow with her. Like we left Somalia and and uh, and Africa. Um, at a younger age so I don't have like a lot of memories with uh, of of my grandma Um, you know it's everything that all the memories and all the stories about my grandma is told through other people Mm -hmm. Uh, um, and yeah like she didn't live like with us in Kenya as well so like she stayed back in Somalia Mm -hmm. and I never had the opportunity to really forge a relationship with her and She was like a a very good poet, and I I love. I'm a big. I love poetry, and uh, I felt like the my love of poetry comes from her. So um, she passed away, like you know, 15 years ago, and it would you know, like she would be someone that I you know, if I had the opportunity to uh, to sit down with and talk with, and um, yeah, Obama would be pretty cool as well, Um, and. An individual that's like, that I'm like, and it's been like more recent has to be Masai Ujiri, who is the general manager, the president and CEO of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, And I, I love it for him to be like my mentor. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, we could, you could probably work your way into that, especially if you grab yourself an Olympic medal next year.
1: That's a goal right there. Yeah, that's a reason. <laughs> that's a reason to go after that uh that gold medal. And uh, if I deliver that and get the opportunity to to meet the side, that would be that'd be something. So
0: <laughs> What would you ask your grandma if you had one question? That's probably too big of a a question to ask right now on the fly.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's I you know, like it's funny. Like I wrote a like I wrote a piece um about my grandma and i felt like in that piece i might have uh might have even like like wondered the question you know mm. I'm saying? like um I, I think like it goes let's see here like I feel like in the first bit goes because i was really trying to examine uh you know let's see here circumstance
0: is that what it's called
1: yeah, circumstance. Um, and I was kind of, exa- obviously I was examining, uh, yeah, there it is, yeah. Like I was examining this because, you know, I started kind of uh, being interested in po- in poetry. I, was, I always had like a deep love for poetry. And it was through university years that I kind of started like writing stuff, scribbles. It's nothing, it's just thoughts and stuff like that. So I was kind of examining this, the idea, the fact that, like, there was a separation mm-hmm. uh, and not growing up with my grandma. But I like poetry, and my love of poetry comes from her, like, the stories that was told to me by other people of her, like, her battles uh, with different types of poets. Like, she used to just, like, have battles with other poets. Oh, really? Uh,
0: like, so like spoken word battles?
1: Yeah, kind of like that. Like in Somali, in Somali, uh, Somali is like very poetic uh, people. Uh-huh. Somali is a very very po- poetic people, and poetry is like regarded at a very very high esteem. And you know, my grandma, like growing up in the fifties and sixties and and yeah, forties, like something like that. Like she, it's still like Somali language wasn't written in a in a, like it wasn't written. It was very oral. Mm. So the ways in which that messages would be conveyed between, between people, somebody that's living in a far away la- uh, city or area like was through poetry. Sometimes you got to like code a poetry. Like, Hey, you know, are you going to this city? Yes, I'm going to the city. Okay. Uh, there's this, there's so-and-so that dwells in the city. Can you pass him this message? So poetry was one way of conveying messages, you know, and, and, Um, it's also, I don't know, like poetry is a powerful thing. Like it could, you know, it could start a war sometimes and it could, uh, uh, end a war kind of thing. So there's like, it's a good poetry is, I don't know, is used peacefully, used everywhere. Like Somalis and poetry is it's, I don't know, you might have to like research it a little bit more, but you know, she'd have, like, somebody said this and this about so-and-so, and she would reply to that individual, saying, oh, maybe you should examine it in this way um, and everything. So I learned a lot through her, like, her battles with in- uh, individuals um, and some of the poems that she composed through my mom and kind of became, became in love with, with poetry. Um And then I started writing, like I wasn't trying to write and I started writing some stuff and I'm like, ah, this is kind of cool. So I was thinking about the fact that I didn't have the chance to hear her life through her Mm mouth. You know what I'm saying? so like, you know, circumstance was like, you know, though time and distance did displace us too far too soon for you to sow on my tender mind, your endless wisdom, the hardships which you've endured, the losses and physical blows you've taken from all the elements that are known to pass on the desert and men too, an illustration of your grit, strength and fortitude, but most importantly, the missed opportunities to hear from the watering hole, the nuances and backstories to the syllables regarding the legendary tales told on the Senag, of all those countless times you came to blows with men and women in that most treasured pastime of the Somalis, consisting of rebuttal after counter-rebuttal and how it was that on every instance you ever interlocked horns with an interlocutor your every utterance managed to leave nothing but mouths agape and gasping with nothing to reply, and nothing short of a standing ovation from all those present witnesses to your greatness. And as to why, still on every occasion, your composition received nothing in return out of generosity, chose to deviate deviate from the preset rules of engagement and pardon anyways. And now that the dirt does divide us two, no, my inheritance inheritance from you is standing with me at all times. Though I carve mine in different tongue to yours, the giant tree that was Bullo still remains in the heart and a hero to this grandson of hers, the eldest from your only and dearest daughter Halimo. So, you know, like I think I say that in... So
0: cool.
1: Like hearing from her stories, you know what I'm saying? And even the nuances and what each word that she ever used in her poems, like what they really mean, you know what I'm saying? Like you hear this from... Oh, like my mom, you know what I'm saying and she has her understanding of it, but what did my grandma, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mean by those things? Mm-hmm. So, um I think like i I always kind of wish or when I had that idea, was like trying to figure out her life, you know what I'm saying through her her life and her poetry through through her, like, you know, so, yeah, it's just kind of questions. so and even the fact that, like, you know, she composed in Somali. Like Mm -hmm. I, whenever I write something, it's done in English, like it's different. So, um, yeah, I think my love for poems and poetry, um, and my inclination to scribble some stuff, uh, from time to time is because of that, uh, genetic, the gene, the, uh, that, that, that my grandma probably had. And, Uh, that my grandma had and she passed on to my mom. My mom composes here and there and I Mm -hmm. guess it's composed to me a little bit more and a bunch of my brothers write here and there too. So um, it's just kind of a love of literature and and writing. So, yeah.
0: Does your mom write in Somali?
1: Yes. Yeah, she writes in Somali. Yeah. And it's like very spontaneous. Like even, you know, it's very spontaneous. She'll literally have like a thought about something and boom, she can just Mm. like, just do it off the, do- like off the top of her head. It's, it's pretty cool. Like I, and I grew up with that, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll have, you know, I'll, I'll feel a certain issue or something like that. I'll think about it. And sometimes like something comes to my mind and I write it down. Um, but I still have to like write that thing down and that thing like inspires another thing and makes it longer and, and stuff. And, um, yeah, so, but yeah, my grandma and my grandma, like, there's a story, like, her and her sister, like, were both two really big poets, mm. um, and they would have conversations in poetry. Like, my mom's like, yeah, literally, they, they, if they're in the same place, they'd be talking in poetry, huh. like, like they're just, you know, in prose, like, just just talking, and I was like, my mom would always be like, I had no idea what they're talking about, <laughs> like, and it's, it was always really... <laughs> so yeah
0: that's so cool what's the most recent thing that you wrote about
1: (sighs) the recent oh man it's been a while oh yeah I actually yeah yeah, I did write I wrote something but actually I wrote this uh, in 2016 Uh, but then it was sort of unfinished um, not edited well enough and through the last like few weeks like uh, uh, after the five 5,000 5, meters, um, wrote it, like, finished it a mm. little bit. And, you know, it's this idea in the sport and track and field um, that, uh, you know, a, a big performance happens and it's, everybody kind of suspects it to be uh, performance enhanced. Um, people kind of discredit your hard work. And, I, you know, when I wrote it in 2016, I, you know, there was a lot of, Murmurs of you know systemic uh, doping by mm-hmm. various different nations uh, various little different groups were being suspected of of using performance enhancing drugs and stuff and um, I Rem I you know like at that time I ran 1301 I had high aspirations and goals to go after and you know you know, there's just so much like a cloud of suspicion on everything, even like certain times to the point where as an individual, you look at it, and you say, man, like, if I go out there and try and run those times, am I going to be questioned mm-hmm. by this? So should I even aspire to mm. go for those sort of times? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it was really strange. So and I just I, I had the thought and, you know, when I ran to the 1247, there's various different individuals, like, putting uh, questions of performance-enhancing drug use and... How does that uh, make
0: you feel when people question you like, like that?
1: Yeah, and even, like, you know, the, the type of shoes that I'm wearing and, you know, it's hurtful. Like, that perception that all individuals in track and field are cheating hurts. Like, that mm-hmm. perception in itself hurts. And, um, like... It, yeah, it hurts. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I know how hard I work. Like, you know, I know um, there is there is zero chance, you know I'm saying, that, uh, you know, all the individuals that I'm training with are engaged in any of that thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we work so hard. We're motivated. It's really a team. It's a teamwork. We push each other. Um, and we, it's our talent. It's hard work and talent. Like, and, you know, here, like, you know, in this one, I just, I kind of, like, in the in the little piece, like, I, I, I say it, like, you know, be skeptical if you must, but don't ponder too long. Aliens really do exist. Everything remains as it were. Nothing altered in the way you may think except what was always there, labored over like a ton of bricks, faltered, learned, triumphed countless times, repeated daily the ceaseless cycle, so don't get it twisted. Give respect to effort in the years. And, you know, I, I have I have no problem with people being skeptical, you know, what I'm saying that's fine, you know, like, but, you know, uh, but I'm also gonna, you know, stand for myself and say, you know, don't get it twisted. Like, that's good. You know, like, you know, like, uh, you know get, you, perhaps you should uh, question uh, your understanding a, a little bit and, you know, uh, give respect to the efforts and, you know, how many ups and downs and, how many failures that I've had over the over the years uh, to deliver this? So yeah. that's
0: really good. I think it's so important that you speak out against it too, like that you that you speak up for yourself, so that people watching see that. Um, I saw. Did you post that on Instagram today?
1: I, I was a few days. It. Ago, okay. Oh yeah. As you
0: started saying it, I was like, "That sounds so familiar," and it's because I was yeah. looking at your Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that you're you know being vocal about that and. Like calling calling people out. Like I worked hard for this. I did this on my own.
1: Uh, absolutely. <laughs> With my Ab- team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um. Okay. This is my last question.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am.
0: <laughs> what is your one message to send to the world? It's a big one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Especially you know during this time. Uh, yeah. I would just say just stay hopeful. Um. You know, there's an immense amount of sadness. Uh, all around us um, uncertainty um, you know like you know be there for each other uh, stay hopeful we are going to get through you know Mm -hmm. this quarantine this virus Um, be diligent um, and uh, yeah be hopeful like really like think positively like you know because if you think negatively like that's not going to help you in any way so just just be hopeful so
0: Thank you. That was wonderful. I appreciate your time so much.
1: No worries. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Mo, for coming on the show. Don't forget to follow Mo on Instagram. Let him know what you thought about the episode. He's M-O-H underscore speed 23 over there. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm Lindsay lindseyhine626. Don't forget to check out our wonderful sponsors for this episode, Prevnex. Check out their Joint Health Plus product. It will help you feel so much better, and it'll provide protection so that you have longevity in this sport. Go to Prevenex.com and use the code Another at checkout for 15% off your order. And uh, check out Curex if you're looking for a little support and cushioning for your feet when you run. Go to Curex.us. Use the code IHA15 for 15% off your order. All right. Next week, I have an episode coming out with Emma Coburn. We had a great time catching up after um, her and her team came to Indiana for the Boss Mile. And I had a lot of fun getting to know Emma. She's someone I've wanted to have on the show for a long time. And we finally did it. We also have some awesome coaches coming up on the podcast, including Andrew Castor, Shayla Houlihan, and Marisa Powell. So Lots of fun episodes coming up here, and I just want to say if you're a teacher right now, uh, I'm thinking of you, sending you warm thoughts and wishes heading into the school year. I know that so many crazy things are happening, so whether you're remote or in-person learning, uh, my heart is with you if you are a teacher or someone who works in the school system, a counselor, a principal, anybody that works in the school system, I'm thinking about you. Uh, Also to the parents, I feel you this is really hard right now. (laughs) Uh, all right. Uh, have a great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend and Hey, make sure that you check out the other podcasts in the Sandy boy productions podcast network, the illuminate podcast and the up and running podcast. All right, friends. I'll see you next Friday.